Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another pop culture episode of Beyond the Blinds. As always, it's me, Kelly Williams. And Troy McEady. And before we get into the topics of everything, Troy, have you ever gotten a facial before? Oh, of course. I'm a homosexual. Of course I've gotten a facial. So as a lesbian, I got my first facial the other day. Getting the extractions out hurt worse than like my tattoos, worse than anything I could have ever expected. What kind was it? Um, what kind of facial was it? I don't know. It was an intro facial. It was a gift to me. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like in a beginner's facial, but my first facial ever it was at Globar. Oh, cool. Yeah. I love a, I love a facial. It is. I'm one of those like pain is beauty kind of people. Like to me, if it doesn't hurt, I don't believe it's working. <laughs> so I love when they like basically dig into my face. <laughs> Honestly, she was like, I'm going to apply a bit of pressure. And she went around the bridge of my nose and I was full on crying. <laughs> oh, that's fun, though. Well, you it's very addicting. I know I do want another one, but like I'm a little bitch when it comes to pain. You should get another one, but not like an extraction one. There's like a, something just like relaxing or um, have you ever done uh, what do they call it? It's like a newer thing. It's from like Japan, but it's like a facial for your scalp. Oh, that would be great. I have psoriasis all in my scalp. That'll probably be like perfect. Yeah, it in it like they do it for like three hours. It's like the most insane. I just actually watched somebody do it, but they put a camera on your scalp and they show like all the stuff that they need to get rid of. And they do all these crazy like treatments to your scalp. And then when you leave, it's like pristine. Unfortunately for me, they'd be like, you just need to go back to your dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> um so I saw the Mean Girls movie. Have you oh, seen it yet? No. I, so I was in eighth grade when the original Mean Girls came out and it had been my personality till I was like 24. I talked about it all the time. I still quote it to this day. Um, so I went in with kind of like a negative attitude towards the movie and I fucking loved it. Really? I thought it was so fun. And if you go in and just start like, first of all, you have to know it's a musical. I just thought it was so good. I liked this Damien better than the original. Um, there were some like twists in the movie that I didn't expect to like modernize it. And um, there were some fun cameos in it. I don't know. Like I genuinely can't wait to watch it again. I've heard people only really say positive things. Like everybody has seemed to love it. I've heard a lot of people be sort of like back and forth on the modernization of it, like with the internet and like people I've seen people say that it like is trying to cater to younger people to get them to like it or whatever um but like how could you expect that it wouldn't be about the internet like hello yeah they definitely modernized it they took out a lot of the word slut there's only I think one or two slut moments bitch isn't used in it like as much um Renee Rapp is just such a star I'm obsessed with Renee Rapp I've talked about her on the podcast before um I think the only moments where I was kind of like, fuck, were like the Katie and Aaron moments. I think the actress and actor that they picked were like terrible for those roles. Really? 
Well, Lindsay and I are very upset that they chose to insert jokes about Lindsay. Uh, it just felt, why? Why would you do that? Honestly, when, so it happens, it's like a TikTok montage. And there is a Katie Harron filter. And Meg the Stallion is like, oh, we bring him back 2000s fire crotch era. And in the movie theaters, I went, oh. Like, of all the jokes, you could say so many things about Lindsay. To bring up the fire, it's just like, uh, like that's, I don't know. I, I actually think that that is like inappropriate. I'll be honest. I thought it was really shitty. Um, everyone who doesn't want a spoiler, fast forward, keep going, get out of this little segment. But Lindsay's in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I actually, I had no idea she was going to be in it. So that was like the best surprise. But the fact that she was in it and they kept that joke in, I did think was shitty. And to not tell her. Right. Like they obviously didn't, it's like very Kanye. Like they obviously didn't run it by her because they knew that she would have been like, no. And it's just like, there's so many jokes you can make about Lindsay Lohan. It's like very low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. They could have even talked about the car, like her, Paris and Brittany. Like there are so many yeah. things I will say didn't dampen the movie for me. Um, but I thought the actress who played Karen was great. Um, really like, Everyone but Katie and Aaron were kind of great. I The Gretchen was no Lacey Chabert. <laughs> well, who is? Right, exactly. And I think as long as you go into it thinking like, oh, this is same movie, different universe, you'll be able to enjoy it. Oh, that's exciting. I, I was a little trepidatious, more so for me because it's a musical. I'm not a musical girl. Mm-hmm. I'm not the type of girl that can sit in a theater for two hours and listen to people sing. But... The reviews have been so good. Your your review was glowing. Maybe I'll actually get high and go see it tonight. I can say there is a bit, there is a lot of singing. Like there were two songs and I was kind of like, we don't need this. And I'm a musical girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a heads up with that. But yeah, overall, as long as you go in, because some of my friends were like, they took out so many lines. Like they didn't say scum sucking road horror or they didn't say stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, that's okay though. It's okay that it wasn't like, yelling dyke all the time and saying all like right. that's okay yeah i agree it could still be funny <laughs> ah. <laughs> um should we talk about ariana grande oh i guess we must the girls are mad you girls are very it's funny you girls are very mad at ariana grande and we just take a step back and like observe especially when it comes to her because people are so up and down with how they feel about her all the time. But this feels like something, like the release of this song, the lyrics in the song, the way that she's sort of like planting her feet and like leaning into like how insane her relationship situation is right now. People are not like taking kindly to it, I guess. No, I do think there are a lot of people who are like, well, he's the one who was married. I'm like, so was she. And I've also seen people comment on TikTok being like, there's no confirmation there is even cheating. I was like, Ethan Slater's wife put out a statement saying that she's like so heartbroken and Ariana held her baby. Right. So what do you mean? Well, where do you fall on it? Like, what do you think about (laughs) the whole thing? I think Ariana Grande is 30 years old and having a song like this is kind of like, Yes, and you're. I'm riding a dick. Why do you care? Yes, and it's like shut the fuck up. First of all, <laughs> and like the way I think of her, she's always going after men in relationships, and I get it. It takes two to cheat, but like I think if you're a woman who is always going after men in relationships, for me, it's almost like a lesbian only going after straight girls or a gay man wanting to just turn straight men because it's like. It's a chase and it gives you power and it makes you feel powerful. And that's how I look at Ariana. And I guess I was really hoping for something different because she's not like under Scooter's thumb anymore. And she just had a stalker get arrested. Sing about something like that, maybe. Like, give us some more vulnerability. And I know she does like on her deep cuts, but why not? Why not release a, a solo song or a single? I'm sorry. Release a single like that. Mm-hmm. my opinion on this is gonna shock you you like it 
I'm the complete opposite. I don't like the song. Oh, oh. Um, I think as far as like the song goes, it feels like such a non-factor to me. And people who are fans of hers that are like critiquing this song down to its fucking core, I'm like, do you really think this sounds so different than any other fucking Ariana Grande song? The way people are talking about this song, you would think it was three minutes of static. Like the way the people who hate it. And I'm like, all of her songs sound exactly like this. The only difference is that she has like a recycled Madonna Vogue beat behind it. And it's just like, oh, you're doing house. How fucking tired. You're going to do house. We are, how many years ago was the pandemic? Three, four? We are four years past Chromatica. You're doing house. Like Renaissance was how many years ago? You're going to release a house song and act like it's the most, and also it's clearly samples Vogue and is not credited. So to me, the song is a non-factor. It's just a shitty song. And I think that a lot of Ariana Grande's singles are shitty and lifeless. It's not really that much different than Thank You Next for me. That's just my opinion. But as far as like the way people are coming down on her, I'm a little bit like, I don't know. I'm just like, first of all, we do not we do not check for men the way that we are checking for this girl. Like, oh my God, the amount of male artists that we could have boycotted or not listened to their song or whatever, like, because they were cheating. As two people who host a show about, basically <laughs> about cheating, I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm also just like, I do not, you guys know this about me. I don't need to align with a celebrity to indulge them. I don't care. Like, I don't think that what she has done is good. And I think it's really shitty. And for people to be upset about it, I think is like, makes sense, especially given the fact that her fans are not, it's not eight years ago. We're not, they're not 21 year olds. Like they're like adults now. Mm -hmm. Her fans have grown up with her. So a bunch of like people who are, engaged in having babies and shit may not align with what you're doing and I, and I think that makes sense but to have to align with it and like agree and be on the same page as a stranger in order to engage their music I think is just like get over yourself honestly that's how I feel about it yeah I agree with you about the men comment you know like there are plenty of men who Literally, they're not rotted if they cheat. If that's all they do, we're like not rotted. Right. <laughs> right. I guess <laughs> with Ariana, it's just, it's frustrating for me because now it's starting to be talked about, right? But mm -hmm. like, she's done this over and over and right. over. And I think that's my frustration with it. And yeah. every time it's like, you don't know me. Why do you even care? I'm on his, like... It's like, we we know about it because you put it out there. Like, when you were sucking your lollipop next to Pete, you were calling the paparazzi. Right. She hasn't been that photographed since the relationship with Pete because she's not calling paparazzi on herself anymore. But then she would get mad when, like, paparazzi would take pictures of her and Pete. So I guess for me with Ariana, she's always been so artificial to me. Yeah. And I can hear the people yelling at me. I can hear it. <laughs> but yeah, I've always thought of her as just like this artificial person who probably has a lot to sing about, right? She lost someone who she loved a lot to a very public overdose. She loves someone in public who has, or Pete, has, who has had like so many drug issues. She's had stalkers. She worked on Nickelodeon. You know, like I just maybe want, more for her than like what we've been given especially music wise because I was talking to a friend who like big Ariana fan but when she sings is she talented for sure but I don't think she's like connecting to her lyrics the way like Mariah who could sing you know fantasy which is still an upbeat song but you like believe it I've always said and I think the last time we talked about her I said she's never once and this is me I'm not speaking for other people I I, I can already I can feel the DMs coming of like for me um <laughs> I don't care I'm talking about myself just so please stop typing um but I've never felt anything from her like I've never listened to an Ariana Grande song or watched her perform and like felt it she's technically perfect she is 
technically a perfect singer. She basically is like AI. Like her voice is literally so technically perfect and so beautiful that she sounds like a recording. Like, I think that she is a once in a lifetime talent and like her ability is insane, but like, I've never felt anything from listening to her sing. And the people who are like saying that this song is so vapid and whatever, and and like, it's not good. And, and there are people saying that it sounds like, um, like music, like, you know, elevator music, like it's very corporate and it is, that's what she does. That's what Ariana Grande does. That's what she's made a career out of is doing corporate TikTok ready, memeable music. That's just kind of like vapid and easy to listen to. And like you said, she is an incredible deep cuts, like beyond some deep cuts that are insane. The voice, the layering of her voice, like she's so fucking talented. But I'm like, is this song really so bad in comparison to other shit that she's released? I'm sorry, but no. No, and maybe we need Ariana Grande stand to come on to like explain it to us like we're kindergartners. But I I just, I never drank her Kool-Aid, I guess. And, and even you talking about her not being emotional on stage. I remember I watched her Manchester special that she put together. Like, that she was great. She had so much stage presence. She was so obviously like so emotional because of it. But again, it's like you've been through so many public trials and and even like this cheating scandal, like like mm. this one could have been so different. You know, you're breaking up with your husband. You're going through a <laughs> Troy's giving me such a <laughs> you're breaking up with your husband. You're going through so much. It's like give us something being like, oh my God, I found someone, you know, I left someone who didn't see me for me. I'm with someone who sees me for me. I don't need you to be like, I'm writing a stick. Who cares? <laughs> I know. I know. It's beneath her. That's what, I, that's generally what I feel about her is that I think that a lot of her music is very beneath her. I think that she's been painted into a real specific category. And now a lot of people expect a certain thing from her, but I really, and I've always said this about her. I think that if she had it her way, she'd be a weird ass, she'd be Lord. You know, she would be like an artist that's like able to do more creatively. But people expect to see, you know, Lolita Ariana with the ponytail, you know, bopping her hips back and forth and whisper, whispering or whatever, whatever it is that she does. Um, I, I just, it's not, but I will say it's hilarious how fickle and 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 like he's like ready to throw her into the lion's den her fans are because it's like some months you can talk shit about Ariana Grande and some months you can't and apparently this month you can so apparently everybody can have an opinion about how shitty she is and how much of a bitch she is and all these things but then next month you may not you may not be able to do that I mean, this episode is going to be out in less than 24 hours and I'm afraid to like publish. <laughs> Honestly, I'm over. I'm so over it. Like I'm so over the stands. I'm so yeah. done. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> that song sucks. And your girl is, she's a mess. But again, I don't, like I think about like back in the day when I, when Madonna, for example, was like at her peak, right? Even Like 80s, 90s, whatever Madonna you want to quote. And I'm like, if all the people who liked Madonna's music felt at that time that they needed to align with her personal life, she wouldn't have had fans. Mm. I don't think a lot of the people who were fans of Madonna in the 90s and listening to erotic aligned with her personal life. You know what I mean? And Madonna was like someone who cheated on spouses and had crazy relationships and, you know, literally flew Dennis Rodman across the country to get his sperm because she wanted a baby from him. Those things are not relatable. You know what I mean? But it's this like obsession with relatability that I'm just so over. Like, I don't care. It's not that I don't care. I just don't feel like I need to make the same life choices as Ariana Grande. She doesn't know me. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. I guess. Yeah. What I was going to say, it's just like, it's just like parroting itself because I remember when like the Ethan Slater thing started, everyone was like, wait, she does date, go after men in relation. And granted, those men go after her too. Yeah. So all of them are shitty to me. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, just it's such a pattern. Let's start holding men as accountable. Like, let's like cancel Drake today because he because he's Drake. You know what I mean? And he's done so much crazy fuck shit that we know about, but nobody cares. Like nobody holds men to the same fire, I guess, when it comes to stuff like this, especially cheating scandals. It's like, look at Adam Levine. Oh my God. Yeah. Who even, I mean, he was just performing on something the other day, wearing fucking big ass giant pants and stomping around with his shirt off and nobody cares. Like nobody cares that he had that crazy cheating scandal that blew up the internet. It just doesn't feel, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to see how this will play out. People are very polarized by it. And this is going to be a tough album cycle for her. And because Troy said that, um, next week we're going to have a whole segment ripping apart a male artist. You just tell us who. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let us know which one. Future. There's so many to choose from. Let us know which one. (laughs) So Lil Nas X released a new song called Jay Christ, and I like Lil Nas X. I know a lot of people, honestly, probably feel the same way people feel about Ariana, like either love or hate. And one thing I wish Lil Nas X would kind of stop doing is just making everything so controversial and Mm -hmm. having like such a shtick with every song, I guess, because I really like his music. I just, again, it's one of those things where it's like, you get it, dude. You don't need to piss off like the the Catholic Church every song. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely like he's a he's like a meme artist, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. He himself is like a walking meme. And I guess I just think like the satanic panic thing is like so crazy that it still happens and that people are still so like gullible to fall for satanic panic marketing and like it's worked for him every single time and he's like laughing all the way to the bank like these people are these like middle american people that are like he put blood in his shirts it's angel it's like are you like are you fucking stupid yeah i guess if you're gonna get streams because people are dumb like go for it i just i think Again, he's someone who I think is really talented, but I need to stop seeing people for their potential, Troy. I actually agree with you, though. Like, it would be really cool if he, at some point, was just, like, I don't know, like, leaned into his, like, artistry more and not being a meme. I was going to say became, like, a T-Pain, who was basically a meme singer, right, with his auto-tune, and now you hear him sing and you're just like, what the fuck? He's so good. I could see one day, like, years down the line, I bet he'll have, like, a, a, a very up and down, not, like, good up and down in a good and bad way, but up and down, like, he'll wear many hats. Like, I bet one day we'll look back on these years of his career and be like, that was so silly when he was <laughs> a meme, you know? I hope so. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk, we are, by the way, we're going to talk about the Emmys. Just if you're listening, we know that the Emmys were on last night. We're going to talk about it. I just really quickly wanted to talk about, so you guys know that I am a big fan of baddies and I'm very invested in this goddamn show. And they just aired a two part episode that the internet has been very like up in arms about. And I'm interested in what like the future of this show looks like given this episode they just aired because I don't think people first of all okay let me just explain what happened so this girl on the show her name is Smiley she's been getting bullied basically since she got there she's been beaten up like a million times um and the punishment doesn't match the crime like she's just the person that the cast has decided is like the odd one out and she doesn't really defend herself Like, as people are trying to beat her up, she's, like, trying to hug them and tell them that she's not, like, she's not meant for this bad girls club lifestyle, okay? She's really just, like, not that girl. And she's harmless. Like, honestly, she's just kind of a harmless joke to me. But these girls are ruthless in the way that they've been bullying her, like, beating her up in big, huge groups, the whole house ganging up on her, Like, it's been really bad. And for whatever reason, she hasn't, like, left. Like, she's been sticking it out. But this last episode, the last two weeks, it was a two-part. They're in Jamaica on their, like, cast trip. 
and she doesn't really like drink or smoke and like these girls are smoking blunts literally all day every time they're filming and she's just doesn't really partake she decided to get really drunk and she it looked like she gave herself alcohol poisoning maybe and it was like really hot they were in jamaica the debate on whether she was faking it or not is still out but like she was like choking on her own spit and like throwing up on herself and she was like seizing like seizuring oh my god um, it was really really intense and zeus network chose to air the entirety of her like seizure basically so the whole hour of this episode was her throwing up eyes rolling back blacking out falling down peeing herself like doing all this crazy shit and they never cut away you have half the girls screaming at her that she's faking it, making fun of her, laughing at her. You have Natalie screaming in her face and bullying her for being extra as she's having an alleged seizure. And Natalie is an executive producer on this fucking show. And it was just like, I don't know, it was very eye-opening at how mom and pop Zeus, Zeus Network is and how, I don't know, like a lot of people are really upset about it. and. I've seen a lot of people saying that they're going to cancel their subscriptions to this 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 network. This network is already so fucking problematic. Like it's already so problematic. And it used to be like my little guilty pleasure. Like I used to watch shows on the Zeus network and like it was my little guilty thing, but now they've exploded. And Baddies is like a cultural phenomenon. And it's supposed to be like the new BET, like Zeus is like the new like black network. And it's just so embarrassing and so humiliating and like mortifying. And the way that it's taken off is like, it just feels like a, like a forest fire has gone off. And I don't know, it's a lot. And it's not, it's just not Bad Girls Club. Like Baddies just does not have the same vibe as Bad Girls Club. And it makes you realize like why story producers on reality shows are so important because if nobody is guiding a mm -hmm. show and deciding what the story is going to be, it's just a bunch of people like standing around and like not knowing what the hell is going on. So that's my complaint about baddies. Smiley, we're rooting for you, girl. Um, I would stay away from Zeus Network if I were you. I would not come back. Not that I think they're going to ask you, but um, rooting for Smiley. I was going to say, do you think they're going to like cancel the show or anything or no? Oh God, no, it's no. Too much money? So much money. Mm -hmm. It's major. But I do think that they're going to um, see a big like slope in subscriptions after baddies. I think that people are just kind of generally over it. On top of the fact that it was a bad season of the show, that was also like really inexcusable and like really hard to watch for me honestly every time you talk about this show I'm like I can't get into it I feel like it would hurt me too much to watch I mean imagine one person getting beaten up by like seven girls I wouldn't do well with it and no filter no editing no uh like censoring anything it's crazy like you know even I mean if that was like on an actual network like somebody having a seizure like if that was like the real world or something, there's like logistics and there's people that are like set, they're there to like, you know, legalities and things. Like there's a person having a seizure on a bus. Like what the fuck? She could die, you know? That's so crazy. Oh my God. Full ass seizure. So another show that just came out is Traders. Have you been watching it? I have not watched Traders yet. You, I need you to watch it because I know how much you'll love it. Um. It so do you care if I give some spoilers no okay so anyone listening spoilers are ahead so there are three traders and it's Dan from Big Brother Phaedra and Pavardi Parvati from Survivor Pavardi. who I have never seen before but what a perfect reality star yeah she's it doesn't really get much better than Parvati watching her there's like some task she has to do we don't know what happens but she basically has to like kill someone in front of everybody and just watching her navigate the house and watching her trying to trick people like I might go back and watch her survivor season 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because like the reason that I haven't watched Traders is because I've been on a Survivor kick. I've been watching Survivor for like five days nonstop. <laughs> so I'm really excited to get into Traders. But yeah, Poverty is like, she's like one of the greatest manipulators to ever come out of Survivor. And like, she's so unapologetic about it. She's iconic. And what's funny is before this season even started, you and I were talking on the podcast, of course, about how like it'll be interesting to see Johnny and CT in this house. Johnny was kicked off first. <laughs> yeah. I but, told you no match against somebody from another show, you know? No, and Phaedra was like, he's funny, but loud. <laughs> and I texted Blair. I was like, it's weird to see them around adults. You know, it's not like you said, it's not Johnny trying to like convince Kelly Ann to vote someone in. Right. Which takes, yeah, it's like no effort at all. It's honestly so interesting to imagine somebody like Phaedra being in the same room as like Poverty and Johnny Bananas. It, it's really interesting. And like her and CT are buddies, which I think is so cute. CT is at his best in The Traders. <laughs> oh, I love her and CT being friends. <laughs> Like they're in the, the deliberation room and she's and they get to pick a traitor and she's like, let's pick CT. Like she really wanted CT to be like on their side. And she's like, he's my buddy. Well, I can't wait to watch it. I'm almost I'm at the finale of the season of Survivor that I'm watching right now. I'm going to finish it and start Traders. It's like an easy transition too. Yeah, and Traders is honestly so fun because it does remind me of old school challenge where the challenges they have to do, it would just make me mad that I was bad at them. Like some of them are harder, but like I'd be more pissed that I couldn't finish it. Yeah, I get that. Like they're not actually like jumping from trains and shit. Right, they're ripping open scarecrows trying to find pieces of gold. Yeah. And that's so annoying. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, I need. And I'm also, the, I'm watching season 10 of Survivor and it's like 20 something years old and it's so good, but it's just insane to hear how people used to talk on TV, like about women and stuff and like saying shit, like I lost a challenge to a homosexual. I can't believe it. Like, and it's just normal. So I, I am ready to get into some modern, I'm ready to come back to the modern world. It's Survivor is crazy. <laughs> This week's episode is sponsored by Fume. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or some hypnosis or something. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-winning, flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. 
And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. I really love all the flavors that come with fume. Um, there's a cranberry one that I'm obsessed with. There's an orange one that's really good. They're all just like, they taste like flavored air. Like I know that that's what it says, but it literally is what it tastes like. Air that has like an orange aftertaste. It's gorgeous. I'm also a believer that products that weigh a little bit more and have a little bit more weight to them are better made. I just truly believe that. It's old school, but I believe it. And the fume is actually kind of heavy. Like it, it, you can feel the weight of it in your hand. It looks really cool. And my favorite thing about it is that it is a fidget spinner. So when I'm having anxiety, when I want to bite at my nails, when I want to pick or do something weird, I can just spin it around. You got to try the new Solano fume. It's made with a premium walnut barrel and an onyx coated mouthpiece that has a slightly softer finish. Right now is the best time to start the good habit with fume. All orders for the month of January have buy one, get one cores. So you can stock up for that new year's resolution. Plus as a listener of our show, you get an extra 10% off when you use our code. Head to tryfume.com slash blinds and use my code blinds for an additional 10% off plus BOGO pours until January 31st to make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash blinds to save 10% off of the journey pack today. This episode is also sponsored by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know. It's all those subscriptions. Think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, parenting apps, it's endless. I'm guilty of this. So I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on. It was eye-opening, and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash blinds. That's rocketmoney.com slash blinds, rocketmoney.com slash blinds. So we have some teen mom updates. I know it's been a little bit, but I think it's time to give the updates. I'll start with Ryan Edwards because he's so fun. Um, As you guys know, Ryan has been in and out of jail. He's been suffering with addiction. He was caught driving like 120 miles an hour. Just, just troubled, put in jail, taken out. Like it's been a mess basically. And this is from the Ashley. They're the ones who caught it. And Ryan decided he's no longer apologizing for being himself. He posted on his Instagram story, I'm no longer apologizing for being me. Yes, I'm confrontational. Yes, I'm bluntly honest. Yes, if you disrespect me, I will politely disrespect you. I'm so sick and tired of molding my personality for the sake of other people's feelings when they have a disregard of my own. He'll politely (laughs) come back at you. Yes, that's what he's known for doing. He won't ransack your house. Yeah, and rip all your cabinets off your fucking walls. Okay. Um, so that is the Ryan update. And check out Teen Mom Fans with his Z on Instagram because his current girlfriend has been fighting his ex-wife on Instagram and like saying, like, I got him now. You just jealous, you'll never get my man. Like it's very Jerry Springer over there. <laughs> I mean, honestly, as it should be because that's who like at the end of the day when you look back at ryan's like 
whole situation and his like life on camera of course it ended up in a Jerry Springer situation like it just makes sense it just makes sense honestly another this is great news for everyone in the world Janelle Edvins her husband David Eason his um charge has been upgraded to felony child abuse and this is all from TMZ David Eason is now facing a more serious charge in his criminal child abuse case as it pertains to her teenage son And the charge itself is troubling. An official at the Columbus County Courthouse in North Carolina confirms to TMZ that Eason's charges have, in fact, been recently updated. And it's bad news for him because now he's got a felony that he's facing. We're told that as of right now, he's in their system with one count of misdemeanor child abuse in one count of felony assault by strangulation. Before this, we'd been told that David was facing just a single charge, but now that's changed and it appears as if a new one has been added, which isn't surprising based on what allegedly happened. Um, Allegedly, the ring camera caught him choking Jace. And that is what happened to Jace and why Jace ran away. Now, of course, during all of this, Janelle and David are on Facebook anywhere, really being like, you when once you get the truth, you'll see that we're good people. Um, Janelle was also posting Instagram stories of Gypsy Rose saying, Gypsy, I understand. I went through the same thing growing up. Um, David was saying everyone's lying on his name. You know, the typical David and Janelle circus. Thank God, I can't believe that that was caught on camera. I thank God it was. God, oh my. So is he going to like go to jail? He has to go to court, but I hope so. Because there's no way they're, I, I don't know if they'll take a plea deal. If they're smart, they probably would. But I think that they care too much about like looking good. And also Janelle, this is your son. That you're like openly publicly going against. She's, I don't even have words. Like I actually don't even have the words. I don't even know what to say. All we can say is like, thankfully they're taking this charge more serious. You know, I think that that's kind of the only thing you can say about it. Poor Jays. I want to swaddle Jays. Janelle also was looking for producers to help her with her documentary as if she wasn't on, like, a documentary-style television show for a decade. <laughs> We've only known documentaries from you, girl. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk, so the the Southern Charm finale, or uh, reunion just aired, and I actually thought it was a really good reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern Charm is so interesting, because I've said this before, it's the only show on Bravo that's, like, being run by men, like, it's a bunch of straight men at the front of the cast. And it's just interesting that like, they're able to produce such good TV, these like bumbling idiots. Cause this season was very good. Um, but the reunion I thought was crazy. And the moment happened that I've been predicting all year is that Shep would have his like, I'm an alcoholic and I actually need help moment. Cause how could they keep going? He's 50. He's 50. He's not 25. He's not Justin Bieber. He is a 50-year-old wealthy man. Yeah, so I actually got into Southern Charm this season. I need to go back and watch like all the old seasons to obviously catch up. But I was shocked at that, that they brought up the alcohol thing. And also everyone fucking Thomas Ravnell. What? What's up? What? What in the fuck? I know. I know. He's a pig. He's like Sean Penn. (laughs) Like he's a sick fuck and a pig and a drug addict and a womanizer and just disgusting. But it's like, if you're an insecure young girl, you've been drinking, you know, you're from, from this part of town where he built the bridge you drive over every fucking day. I can see it, I guess. But I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like Why? My other question, um, this is going around Twitter, but a lot of Whitney and Austin chatter. I don't know if you have seen it, but there's a clip at the very end of the season finale after Austin gets hit and Whitney like leans in and kisses his cheek and he's like, it's okay, baby. 
but in the captions it says it's okay bro and um i guess they made out in jamaica as well and now a lot of people are like is this why austin can't keep a girl is this why whitney is still single and is that why olivia was sending nudes to whitney because she knows about the two of them mm -hmm. i would love to hear because like i'm so invested in that one rumor <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would love for it to be true. Obviously, the the homosexual me, homosexual in me wants that to be true. I'm revolted by the thought of it being Whitney that gets <laughs> that Austin just can't resist. I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know if I believe it. I would love for it to be true. I will say, I think that there is something weird, not weird, but like there's something to be said about Whitney. Mm -hmm. he he's the forever bachelor allegedly he just can't keep a girl because he wants to live the rock and roll lifestyle where he travels around with his guitar and serenades women i just don't believe his narrative because he's a a fucking phantom so i don't believe that everywhere he goes these women are just like crawling up his leg and he can't you know he's just has too many that where Patricia's like, which one is it tonight? I'm like, really? If by that you mean which one did he pay for? Because what? Those two remind me of um, Lucille Bluth and Buster. <laughs> yeah, mother's boy. Yeah. A forever mother's boy, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I could see it being true of Whitney, but I don't know if I believe it of Austin. Yeah, I think Austin, like, fucks too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought it was really interesting you know I was talking to Katie about it and she was like they must have like given Shep some kind of ultim ultimatum or something because his behavior at BravoCon was so bad that it like bled out into like Bravo lore everybody was talking about it every blog was talking about it every like bravo podcast was bringing it up that he was and they and they saw it in person it's not even like it was a rumor it was like all these people who saw his behavior and i mean if you were like following the shep of it all during BravoCon, you know he was like on one it like it seemed like he was like coked out of his mind and also drinking and staying up like 20 hours and just like going crazy yeah i don't get the chef like i don't get how people could be the chef oh my god <laughs> yeah. i don't get how people could be like so into him when he really is just like an overgrown frat boy i know i know and he's so i thought it was i will say as someone who has been saying this for years i liked that he finally admitted that he was jealous of craig mm -hmm. because you're seeing like the developed Craig who like has a business and all of these things. Craig for the most part, like for years on this show was like the punching bag. And it wasn't like they would say openly like, oh, we think Craig is like too, too feminine. He's a homosexual. They wouldn't just say it, but they basically were saying it and they would bully him for like not knowing what he wanted to do his career. And like, he likes to wear nail polish. So they'd make fun of him for it. Or like, he liked to sew like before this pillow business took off he just liked sewing pillows as like a hobby and they would make fun of him for it and like Shep really for years like helped build his own ego by constantly trying to make his guy friends look really bad on tv and now he can't anymore because like they're all they've all moved on you know like well I guess Craig has Austin hasn't but it's just interesting I was going to say anyone listening who has a friend around them and whenever you're around them, you feel like they bring you down. They do bring you down and you should not be their friend anymore. Yeah. They want to bring you down. <laughs> they don't like you. Right. They're not your friend. Mm -mm. I wanted to talk um, Kevin Hart as Kevin Hart does all the fucking time, like makes a big stink about something that nobody cares about. And he's like, I will never host the Oscars. I guess he has amnesia about 2019 <laughs> when he was supposed to host the Oscars and then didn't because of all of his insanely homophobic tweets that came out. Right. And he had to step down. And I, 
I never forgot this, but I love that he went on the Ellen show to rehab his image and had Ellen sit there and be like, Kevin's a great guy. I love him. He's on my show all the time. And I called the Oscars up and I was like, hey, Kevin's not that bad. You should give him another shot. And Kevin was like, I appreciate you, Ellen. I love you so much. And then once Ellen got canceled, he still he like made a post being like, hashtag I stand with Ellen. And I was like, because of that Oscar thing, he had no choice. 1000%. And it's like, you'll never host the Oscars. Okay, we'll get over it. Right, we have Anthony Anderson, who's much better and much funnier than you. He killed it last night. I mean, there are so many people. It's like, maybe during that time, it was unimaginable to think anybody would host it outside of Kevin because he was being shoved down our fucking gullets every 10 minutes. But now it's like, okay, I, I can absolutely imagine a world where you never host the Oscars and I'm not upset about it. I do not give a fuck. Like the, the, the nerve and the goal of so like, it's so, it's such a narcissistic thing. I feel like he's in this Dane Cook era. Yeah. Oh no. I pull out my Kevin Hart CD. I'm like, I- <laughs> And again, what's so funny about Kevin and obviously in court, it was proven that his ex-wife wrote all of his jokes, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're just not funny without her, Kevin. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, but I believe everything that Prophet Cat Williams says about Kevin Hart. I really do. Like, do I think that Cat, that Kevin or um, that Cat is like basically a professor at like stretching truths and making them more dramatic and yeah of course he's a storyteller but I believe what he says about Kevin Hart's career not being I believe that the books were cooked that's Mm -hmm. all I'm saying no I don't I don't disagree with you at all (laughs) um so there's been a lot of chatter on TikTok especially about King Kylie returning and a lot of like the fashion girlies that I follow have been um keeping track of Kylie like remixing her old outfits so for the past year she's been wearing things that she's worn already or like versions of things that she wore during King Kylie era but they're like remixed they're more like quiet luxury if you will Mm -hmm. it's like the, the like I'm a mom now version you know and it's cool and she just did this like pink hair post where people were like, oh, it's official. <laughs> King Kylie is really bad. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is. And you guys have listened to me for two years, three years, talk about how much I dislike the Kardashian Jenners, but something about Kylie lately, I'm actually like into it. It's Timothy. It is Timothy. My little wooden shoe really turned <laughs> it around. <laughs> She's getting, she's getting fucked and she's happy. And whether this relationship is real or not, it's like doing the thing that I feel like she wanted it to do. Yeah, it's definitely working. Like, I don't know what Kendall thinks she's doing with this fake bad bunny back and forth type of thing. <laughs> but like, that is very, Kendall, Kendall, we know. Kendall girl, it's okay. <laughs> is anybody worse at PR relationships than Kendall. I don't think that there's anybody more bad at it, honestly. Maybe Sean Mendez. Oh yeah, of course. The king. But does he even count? Like <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't even know if he counts. He's so bad he may be out of the running. Kendall is just so bad at some people just really are not, they don't have it. And like of all the sisters, Kendall really is the one who truly possesses the least amount of it factor and like celebrity. There's nothing magnetic about Kendall at all. And I feel like you can see it in her fake relationships. Yeah, I mean, I've said before, it's like watching a chicken defrost. It's like giving me literally nothing. I'm just so, 2024 is the year that we stop giving Kendall insane photo shoot opportunities and watching her just fucking stand there like I'm so bored of her and Kylie was always the better model and she always has been and she still is I I will die on that hill and Kylie's also pretty funny like I've I like I said I've really watched like interviews with her and I even went back and watched interviews and I'm like sorry Kylie for all the things I said she's Kylie is my moment right now Kylie's my favorite sister 
<laughs> She's my and favorite of my <laughs> I actually like think looking at Kylie Jenner is the way to look at someone who grew up in Hollywood. There is, I won't say like no better because obviously there's Drew Barrymore, but like this type of Hollywood, I'll say like more modern with social media in the in the lip injections and just kind of everything. I don't think there's a better poster child for it than Kylie. I agree with that. And I feel like the way that she's just kind of like casually been able to control youth culture for like over a decade, like as much as we like to hate on Kylie and we like to hate on the Kardashians, you also cannot deny Kylie's impact on youth culture. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even in comparison to Kendall, like her own sister who grew up with her. And for the most part, they had the same career for the first like 10 years of their being public figures or whatever, you still could never ever in a million years compare Kendall's impact on culture to Kylie's. Mm-hmm. Like Kylie, I'm just like, I can't even, if King Kylie era truly is back, I'm like really here for it. I'm very much here for it. You know, Troy, you're not giving Kendall her credit. She did solve world peace with a Pepsi. That is true. That is very true. And I will say that Kendall has my favorite style of all of her sisters. I I love like looking at what Kendall wears and shit, but like, God, she's so fucking boring and such a brat. Someone who's not boring is Chelsea Handler. Um, I didn't watch the full Critics Choice Awards, but I did watch like her opening and a few little skits. And I think what makes Chelsea Handler such an incredible host is because she puts herself in jokes too. Right. Like it's not just making fun of, say, Robert De Niro for being old. Right. She's like, when the railroads were built, that's the men I like. Hi, Robert De Niro. She's just such a master at roasting the audience and herself. So it feels equal. Yeah. And it's like, it's all stuff that we know about her from following her. So like, if you follow Chelsea Handler, you know that she likes to drink and you know that she loves weed and you know that she fucks old white men and like she used to fuck black men. Like you like know things about her. So that it's like, she makes it really easy to like rip on her. And all it does is really like establish her public persona. Absolutely. The fact that she called out her ex Ted from E, who I haven't thought of since like Chelsea lately, I was like, holy shit, that's funny. And I think my favorite joke of the night was like, Oprah must really want to win. She's on CW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She killed it. And it, I mean, the irony of her killing it and like her ex, her most recent ex, having just had this like viral, you know, horrible monologue. It was like very Shakespearean. Like it's like perfect. And her thanking her writers, not blaming them. And I genuinely... There was a there was a podcast Chelsea was on and talked about the heart, the breakup with Joe Coy. I can't remember which one it was, but she was like, it was really heartbreaking. And I feel like a lot was taken from me. And, you know, usually I do date older, but I dated like one of my friends, which was something I've never done. And it seems like Joe Coy really fucked Chelsea over. And I always thought he used her. And I thought he used her on Chelsea lately because Joe Coy has never been funny. And just the fact that she was able to be like, hi, Joe Coy, I did this so much fucking better than you makes my heart so happy. (laughs) I think he used her too. I mean, it's pretty obvious by how much advertising they did when they were together. My God, I don't think I've ever seen Chelsea Handler more in my life. And I thought they were both in on it, but I actually don't think Chelsea was in on it. Yeah, I think that he definitely used her to try and level up. But again, he's not, like you said, he's he's not funny and never has ever, ever been funny to me. No, and he made some statement being like, oh, there were a bunch of marshmallows in the room. It's like, oh, there's the alt-right that you're going to, like Matt Reif did. Like, we've seen this a million times. They're all so sensitive. The snowflakes couldn't handle a joke. Like, when you're a comedian and you tell a joke and the room is pinned silent on live television... And you have the gall to blame other people. You're a joke. I'm sorry. You are the joke. I don't know if he could have turned it around fully, but I do think if he was like, yeah, those jokes were bad. That was my bad. You know, I hope I can show my face in Hollywood. That would have been the better way to go. Yeah. Make fun of yourself. Like, you know, at least people will remember it. It was so bad. Maybe I'll be on a countdown list. Like it's, 
it's really not that hard to like, you know what I mean? He's just, ugh, ugh, Joe Coy, we're writing your jokes for you. Just take them. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, should we talk about the Emmys? Let's let's wrap this up with the Emmys. Um, what did you think of the Emmys this year? I thought it was really great. I mean, you know, I love Quinta. I love Abbott Elementary. I thought, um, like Nisi Natch is so fucking funny. I'm glad she won. And I like that she thanked herself. I thought that was cool. I don't know. It was just like anything was better than the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. But this was really fun. I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah, whoever is like producing the Oscars now is like they've really stepped it up. Because the Oscars used to be the most debilitating to get through it was so dry so uptight so boring so like staunch like mm-hmm. just like oh like everybody's smiling and everybody clapping for each other and it's like being so whatever and it's like I don't know it's like chilled out a lot like it seems very like chill now it almost has golden globes energy and even though they're not drinking and eating steaks but it has that kind of like chill energy um but yeah, I thought Nisi Nash looked fucking incredible and her speech was so good. Um, the Martin cast, like, I was like, oh, you could reboot this show tomorrow. Absolutely. Like, you could really, like, I was legitimately laughing. I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm laughing at like a little five minute, like, fake thing. But this, it was so Oh, it just gave me all the nostalgia that I needed in my life. To see Katherine Heigl with the Grey's Anatomy cast, I almost had a heart attack. I was also looking for Sandra Oh. It bums me out Sandra Oh doesn't really, like, connect with the Grey's cast anymore. Obviously, she has her own incredible career, but I'm like, you're Christina a little bit still, right? (laughs) Well, you know that I absolutely lost my shit when Allie McBeal came out. I almost... I mean, we were just talking about her a few days ago about her, like she's a real person, about the show. But I was like, oh my God, an Allie McBeal moment? Oh, it was so good. It made me just like, it made me emo. When I saw Christina Applegate, I cried. I cried too. Christina Applegate is someone who I'm glad is getting her flowers because it's very well deserved. But I feel like for a long time, she flew really under the radar. Yeah, I I feel like she doesn't, she's never really gotten the credit as being like a comedic actress that she deserves. And she's so good at drama too, but she is like a comedy legend to me. And she does physical comedy too. And a lot of people can't pull off physical comedy, but I think she does great. She's fucking Kelly Bundy. She was on Fox's first ever TV show. Like she really is like royalty. Um, But yeah, her speech made me so emotional. It was so funny. I thought it was so hilarious when she was like, you guys are all ableist because you're standing. <laughs> that was really funny. I was just like, oh, and then I I lost it when she mentioned that it, you know, Dead to Me would probably be her last acting role. I like just couldn't even contain myself. I was crying so hard. I was like, wow, like everybody that comes up on stage is like a person of color or queer. It was just like super, it didn't feel like the regular Emmys this year. It felt like, the Emmys mixed like, with like a little like VMAs, all of the other cooler award shows. It felt like it was like, the, but the Emmys version. The Emmys was fun. I mean, and it is nice to see people of color winning more and like just the change of times. It is very nice to see that it's not. I also lost my shit for Quinta because I just like love her, but also Carol Burnett giving her her award was such a cool moment you know how I feel about Carol Burnett I'm just like bring her on every year um Jennifer Coolidge made me scream laugh she's so perfect she's so perfect and I was like yes I was so happy she won the weekend update moment it's it was so necessary again after the Globes disaster yeah also it's always really nice to see the RuPaul's Drag Race cast like at the Emmys like it's just so like it's always so jarring because of like whoa that's like queens that I don't know it just feels really wild when 
the girls are up on stage with Rue and I'm like, holy shit, like Candy Muse is like at the Emmy sitting next to like Meryl. That's just very cool. Yeah, I would say it was a big bounce back for award season because after the Golden Globes, I was like, I guess there's no way to go but up. But yeah. like, <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, Emmys were fun this year. I don't know if I have anything else to add. I know we're like a month away from uh, the Super Bowl, but do you have any Usher songs that you like really want him to perform? Because I was listening to Confessions because that's like what I do. But I really hope and pray he sings Throwback. That's my favorite Usher song. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it would be that. I get, I, he probably wouldn't because he has like so many stadium hits. Mm-hmm. But... I, throwback is my all-time favorite Usher song. It's funny. I was listening to Confessions, then some of like his newer albums, and I'm like, where? when did we go from like, you know, you're Usher, you're soulful, you're heartbroken, but you're so in love with this girl, like a soulful singer, to being like, I'm going to fuck you, you and you at the club, and then we're going to go back to my house, and I'm going to fuck you, you and your best friend. And I was like, where did this, when did this happen? We're going to fuck on the dance floor. We're going to fuck on the car. We're going to fuck on the way to the car. We're going to fuck on the way to the door. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I could just, if it was my dream scenario, they would just put on confessions and press play. <laughs> like, and it would be track one to track whatever. Like, I, it would just be the whole confessions album. But I would love for confessions, the single, to have like a moment. Mm -hmm. I want you remind me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes you remind me is so oh, cute that's like his sometimes <laughs> no yeah I'm, ex I'm like I will be honest I know that he's a rotted individual with a he's a messy messy queen but Usher puts on a really good show listen everyone listening knows how I feel about that man so yeah well I think that's it it was actually kind of a quiet pop culture week Troy and I were like a little worried about this one <laughs> yeah but thanks to Ariana who oh. always pulls through we uh we had a lot to talk about listen everyone I know what I said okay I don't need to be reminded <laughs> me too don't dm me please I don't want to talk about this girl <laughs> and with that we hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you next week and we have like heavyweight episodes coming your way like our public episode we might be put on a list somewhere and there's a wait until you see the patreon one oh lord jesus can i say that it's a two-part can i yeah. just teach? yeah the patreon is so wild this week that it's a two-part episode and we haven't done that in a long time no, and it starts off fun. It's not going to end fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we hope you guys stay warm. I know half the country is like frigid. So bundle up. Hope you guys can stay warm. And we'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.